It's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's evening news. I'm looking at the radar. It is relatively clear, although a thunderstorm has just popped up near LaGrange. Looks like it's over West Point Lake, that area. Otherwise, the radar is clear unless you're headed down to middle Georgia. Then you got some storms. Y'all, your most important story of the day will come right out of the gate. On Saturday, the varsity will be 90 years old. And so everything on the menu is going to be 90 cents. That's right. Everything at the varsity on the menu will be 90 cents during their birthday bash. The event, I'm reading from Eater Atlanta, uh, the event kicks off at 10.30 a.m., probably going to be extremely crowded. The Metro Atlanta-wide birthday celebration at the original North Avenue location features a DJ photo booth, photo ops with a fire truck and team mascots from Georgia Tech, the Hawks, the Braves. Food is first come, first serve. You will also be able to take advantage of it at the satellite locations in Norcross, Kennesaw, Dawsonville, and Athens. That's right, 90 cents on the menu, everything, on Saturday, starting at 10.30. There's your most important news of the day. I will not go because, dear God, is it going to be crowded. Now, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Did the presidents use the N-word? I, I will note, the White House has not denied it. The, the White House has not said definitively, no, the president has not used the N-word. In fact, Sarah Sanders came out this afternoon, and in fact, she said that she could not guarantee it, which is somewhat problematic uh, as well for the president, for her to say something like that. If he's ever used the N word, uh, the president uh, addressed that question directly via Twitter. I'd refer you back to him. I can certainly say I've never heard him use uh, that term or anything have similar. You, have you asked him directly, Sarah? Uh, the president, I didn't have to because he addressed it to the American people all at one time. Why haven't you asked him directly? Uh, again, the president answered that question directly uh, on Twitter earlier today. Can you stand at the podium and guarantee the American people they'll never hear? Donald Trump utter the N-word on a recording in any context? Uh, I can't guarantee uh, anything, but I can tell you that the president addressed this question directly. I can tell you that I've never heard it. Uh, I can also tell you that if myself or the people that are in this building serving this country every single day, doing our very best to help people uh, all across this country and make it better, if at any point we felt uh, that the president was who some of his critics claim him to be, we certainly wouldn't be here. This is a pre- there you go. Um, the White House, of course, is focusing on the president uh, denied it on Twitter. The media is focusing on Sarah Sanders saying she cannot guarantee. This is the game the media plays. Listen, y'all, the the grab her by her <clears throat> tape came out. And this is a president who's been dogged by rumors of other tapes. And, and those other tapes, that tape came out from apparently the, the, the same sourcing and the same vault. This tape did not. So you got a P-tape rumor and you've got an N-word tape rumor. Neither of them coming out. Omarosa has released audio after Katrina Pearson and others denied that the president talked about it. Omarosa Manigault released audio of uh, Pearson and others on a conference call discussing the possibility of this tape. They've come out today and said, well, yes, because she kept raising the issue and we had to keep dismissing it in the call. 
Now, here's the way this breaks down. If you're on the left, you're going to believe there's a tape. If you're on the right, you're going to defend the president. In the middle, who knows? Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. There's a lot of other stuff to look at uh, than being spun up on a tape that's probably never going to come out. And why would this tape never come out, even if it exists, especially if it exists, why you'll never see it? So let, let in the worst case scenario for the president, let's presume there are multiple tapes where he uses the N-word multiple times and uses them pejoratively, uses them badly. They're never going to come out. So I, d I don't know why people are spun up about it. I mean, I shouldn't say never, never say never. They may come out, but I have a hard time believing they'll come out even if they exist. And there's no guarantee they exist. Why would I think it would be highly improbable that these tapes ever come out? Where were they recorded, people? According to Omarosa, Celebrity Apprentice and The Apprentice. So if these tapes came out of the president saying this stuff, it would be a damning indictment on NBC. And NBC is already mired in multiple sexual harassment and sexual assault scandals. NBC is just bogged down in scandal right now. Mark Burnett, the reality show producer, his career would be at an end. I mean, if these tapes existed, I imagine that they are melted by now. Destroyed. Too many people's careers would be destroyed if this tape came out now. Why? Because they signed Donald Trump up again and again and again. You can't tell me that if he routinely used the N-word, it only happened in the very last season. People who use that word, they use it more than one season of TV. It goes on and on and on. And if they would have captured it on, on tape and did nothing about it, or they laughed it off, and it's not just them. What if he used it on Celebrity Apprentice? All the celebrities around him who heard him use the word did nothing. The camera crews did nothing. The producers did nothing. Mark Burnett does nothing. The NBC people do nothing. And then all the other apprentices, all the other apprentice seasons, all the people, all the business executives who, who auditioned for and got on The Apprentice, they did nothing. They didn't chastise him. They didn't call him out. And they didn't come forward during campaign 2016 to hold him accountable. They didn't come forward in 2016 to say, oh, he didn't just say grab her by her. <clears throat> he also used the N-word. And I was there. Do you really think that those tapes will come out? So what we have right now is the left trying to motivate minority voters to go vote Democrat in November. And one of the ways that they're trying to motivate minority voters to go vote Democrat in November is to continue to push the idea that the president is a racist. And now their evidence is a tape that may or may not exist. And they're going to push it as if it's true and expect him to deny it. Well, he's denied it. Oh, but let's not let's not focus on his denial. Let's focus on Sarah Sanders saying she can't guarantee what's there or not. All of this is politics. You know, you do things differently if you take them seriously versus if you want them to be political. You don't get spun up like this that's going on right now, particularly by the media and else and Democrats over this if you really think it's serious. You quietly go to NBC. You quietly go to Mark Burnett. You quietly offer them assurances that they're not going to get dragged on social media and elsewhere if the tape actually comes out, that they will be protected. Instead, the rush 
of the media and the Democrats to get on social media and elsewhere and claim that this tape exists without any evidence other than Omarosa's word. Omarosa, who is not the most reliable person. Well, it looks like it's it's a feeding frenzy and people want to avoid the feeding frenzy. So even if the tapes existed, they probably don't anymore. They've probably been destroyed. They're probably not locked in a vault. That, that, that's the rumor that somewhere at NBC and Rockefellers that are these tapes are locked in a vault, just like the Billy Bush grabber by her <clears throat> tape. Prove it. Pro- prove the B tape exists. I mean, that's the problem here. People are running by speculation, and you can tell. If you hate the president, you believe the tape exists. If you love the president, you believe the tape doesn't exist or that it doesn't matter. If you're in the middle, you think the president's done some good stuff and you think he's done some bad stuff and you're not sure about his character, well, you're in the position, yeah, maybe the tape does exist. But I'd, I'd like to see it because these attacks are numerous and sustained and ongoing with no grace and they come wave after wave after wave of everybody throwing everything they can at the man to try to take him out. And thus far, nothing has taken him out. And I got a hard time believing Omarosa Manigault is going to be the one to take this guy out. I really have a hard time believing that. But, you know, you, you do you. If you believe they exist, you believe they exist. I can't convince you otherwise. But what I can tell you is I have a hard time believing they come out. Now, they could come out this very moment as I go to commercial break. They could. Some millennial at NBC who believes they are doing social justice a favor has sneaked into a vault somewhere and they're going to release them. Okay. We'll see if they change anything. There's just one thing, though. Deep down. Given everything we've seen thus far, everything we've heard thus far, everything we know about the present thus far, if there's video or audio of him using the N-word, will his supporters really turn to the Democrats or stay home? Really? Do you really believe that? See, I think deep down people understand that even if the president said this, people on the right, people in the Republican Party, people who are Donald Trump supporters, they may not like it. They may not defend it. But they're probably not going to walk away from the guy when they've got the Democrats screaming socialism and beating up police and journalists on the other side. It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB-TALK. If you're headed down 85 towards LaGrange, uh, there's some pop-up afternoon showers there. Nothing really significant, though, but you're clear otherwise in the listening area. Y'all, I've got a bone to pick with Chick-fil-A. According to WPTV in West Palm Beach, Chick-fil-A is testing a new menu item in Arizona, and depending on how it goes, it could be rolled out to menus nationwide. Starting Monday, spicy chicken strips will be available at Chick-fil-A restaurants in Phoenix, Tucson, and Yuma, Arizona. Y'all... Why is Chick-fil-A testing these things? Just just put them on the menu. We know they're going to be delicious. They said they've combined their original chicken strips and spicy chicken strip sandwich to create the new menu item. The the strips are seasoned with a spicy blend of peppers, hand-breaded, cooked, and refined peanut oil. Why do we need a test of these things? I want them now. You know they're going to be awesome. They're not going to be Hattie B's hot chicken. By the way, if you haven't been to Hattie B's over in Little Five Points, it's open now. It is. You can get by there. And there's also the hot chicken place up at the Battery. I've been there several times. Y'all, it is really good. It's not Hattie B's. It's it, it's design and styling. Makes it look like Hattie B's, but it's not. Is it called Fresh or something like that? In any event, uh, good hot chicken there. The Hattie B's, though, is open. But Chick-fil-A, well, why test these things? 
We need these things. We, we, I, I need this in my life now. Uh, very important to me. Now, Stormy Daniels. She's headed to Big Brother UK. Apparently, um, see, here's another thing. So CBS in this country, she's not on Big Brother United States. She's in Big Brother UK, uh, which should tell you that these networks, they're trying to avoid some of this stuff. And I, I think that's they're trying to avoid all of this tape stuff with the president as well. They do not want to make eye contact with that stuff. We're going to move on from it, though, when we come back. The Braves are throwing a fundraiser for Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams. She's doing a fundraiser out of state. I'll tell you where. It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Light sprinkling in the LaGrange area. One little pop-up thunderstorm down there on 85. Uh, otherwise, uh, you're fairly clear. One little sprinkle just to the west of Douglasville on I-20. But, I mean, if you're listening to me, it is probably not raining where you are. Overwhelmingly not raining today. Thank goodness. That's going to change, though. So stick with us here. We'll let you know. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go to the phones. David and get us all. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I can't complain. Um, listen, I have a question for you, and I need your legal mind. Um, is it is it illegal to take the president in the White House without his consent? To tape the president in the White House without his consent? Um, you know, depending on where you are in the White House and the circumstances, yes. Um, if you are a reporter in the White House and the president is in areas where reporters tend to congregate, no, if they leave the recording equipment on. But going into the Oval Office or something and recording the president or going into the Situation Room, yes, uh, which is why Omarosa should be prosecuted. As I, that was my next question. Has anybody established where she recorded him and, you know, General Kelly at? Well, see, she says she recorded General Kelly in the Situation Room. I have been in the White House. I have never gone in the Situation Room, but I've walked right past it. And it is very clear from the signage and everything else, you can't take recording devices into the Situation Room. And if she then, did, she should be prosecuted. Then what, then what are they waiting on? I don't know. Uh, and you know what? What I think would be cool here is, look, you either send her to jail for, for breaching our national security or you get her to walk it all back and say, I didn't really record in the Situation Room. I recorded it somewhere else, which casts issues of credibility on everything she says. Well, I think there's already that's already been established. A woman can't make up her mind what she yeah. wants and what she wants to do. Exactly. Listen, it, no one should treat Omarosa seriously, and it's really rich to me that a bunch of people who hate her guts are suddenly treating her as if if she is like like the the Virgin Mary come to tell us about the second coming. I, that's the reason why I wish they should prosecute her and send a message. Yep, I I absolutely think they should, David. Thanks very much for calling. Yeah, I said this yesterday. They they absolutely need to do it. Um, uh, it, it just, listen, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> as we're talking, someone from the White House just sent me a text upset about something I tweeted, um, it, it, only in a jokey manner though, they're not really upset. Um, but you, you know, listen, I, I think they totally should be prosecuting her. And if she recorded something in the Situation Room, and now, you know, there's a report out this morning that some people are concerned she may have gone around with a, a pin recorder. Uh, you know, I know something about these pin recorders. So last year, our oldest was having some ridiculous problems in her school, Christian private school, 
we, we wound up moving both of our kids out of the school because of discipline problems and bullying problems. She wound up taking a recorder to school with her to record. And it was a little bit, you never even know she had it because there were things happening in the classrooms that were not appropriate. And she wanted to record them. It's hard to find these things, but you're, you're still not supposed to bring them. The burden is on you. And if you're bringing a recording device into the situation room, that's on you. And you should get in trouble for doing so. It compromises our national security. So I hope they do prosecute her. 43 after the hour, back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I promise we will get to the story about Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams fundraisers, the reaction over the Braves throwing a fundraiser for Brian Kemp is hysterical. But first, back to the phones, Don from Atlanta, welcome. Yeah, um, love your show. Uh, regular listener, uh, I heard on uh, 750 on the station earlier today that Amarosa couldn't be charged because it, uh, D.C. is a one-person, uh, uh, only one person has to give permission for a conversation to be recorded in D.C. Uh, no, not necessarily, because the White House is federal government property and the rules for Washington, D.C. don't apply on federal government property. Federal government rules apply on federal government property. And because there are rules about violating national security and recording uh, conversations within the situation room, it doesn't matter whether D.C. says she can or, or cannot be charged, the, the, she would be charged under federal law, not essentially what amounts to state law for D.C., I think that statement came from her lawyer. So uh, I'm, I, I, yeah. I think you're correct. I believe you're correct, but I yeah. think that's what they're claiming. Well, yeah, they, they can claim it all day long, but if she was recording inside the situation room and you're not allowed to record inside the situation room, doesn't matter what D.C. law says. Uh, if you're in a no record, even in D.C., I mean, just thinking about this, if, if there was a, an area within the District of Columbia where there was signage saying you are prohibited from recording any conversation in this area, and you did it, uh, it didn't matter whether it was one-person record rule, that in that area you would be violating a designated territorial area where you can't record, so you would be violating the law. And, I am, I, and I've talked to several friends of mine today, and all of us are somewhat befuddled by this, that the White House should be pursuing this, that recording within the Situation Room is a national security issue, can compromise national security, and there were rules in place at the White House to prevent these sorts of things from happening, and she violated those. So I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see what the White House does and how they proceed with this stuff. Now, I do want to switch gears to local stuff because the Braves are holding a fundraiser for Brian Kemp. They're not holding one for Stacey Abrams. They might hold one for Stacey Abrams, and the unhinged response from liberals is crazy. But more importantly, Stacey Abrams has been out of town holding fundraisers. No, not Hollywood. I'll tell you where she's been hosting those fundraisers when we come back. It's 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, so... Stacey Abrams has gone to Martha's Vineyard, the liberal playground in New England, to hold another fundraiser. And, you know, so there's lots of outrage over the Braves holding a fundraiser for Brian Kemp. Now, the Braves have said if Stacey Abrams' campaign wants one, they're happy to throw one for her. They're happy to throw fundraisers for whoever, but they really got behind Brian Kemp. They had also rallied behind Casey Cagle as well. Now they're rallying behind Brian Kemp. Can you blame them, though? 
mean, given her policies would be bad for business, can you really blame the Braves for not supporting her? But they're happy to throw her a fundraiser. They are. They said if her campaign wants a fundraiser, they are happy to throw a fundraiser. Now, they can't guarantee, and they they got to work with other people to do it. They can't guarantee that they'll be able to raise as much as Brian Kemp because they got a lot of people come to his fundraiser, but they're happy to work with her. This highlights, though, something that I think the Republicans are going to play up is Abrams is getting a ton of money from out of state and Kemp is getting most of his money from in-state. And that matters. Why? Because every dollar that Stacey Abrams gets from out of state is not someone who can vote for her. Brian Kemp's money being raised in-state is from people who not only vote, but have friends and family who vote as well. Now, the, the, the left-wing snotty answer is that, well, uh, Brian Kemp is getting money from the people who employ the people who will vote for Stacey Abrams. I've heard people say that, that you know, the poor in Georgia can't write checks to her. They work for all the people making those people rich who are giving Brian Kemp money, and he's going to keep those people oppressed. I mean, the wackadoo spin on this goes forever. The fact of the matter is the Braves are a business first and foremost. And as a business, they are interested in making a profit. And in making a profit, they are interested in supporting those people in state government who will help them make a profit or at least will avoid causing them to lose money through the implementation of bad state policies or raising corporate taxes or what have you. And I think between uh, the, the... the discrepancies between Abrams' record and Kemp's record between their stated positions and whatnot, it is very clear to me that Brian Kemp's policies are more pro-growth than Stacey Abrams' policies. Abrams' policies are essentially that we're on good times right now. Let's let's redistribute that money and take care of people who have been left behind. And that sounds really good, but the implementation of that tends to chase business away and hurt small businesses. So you can't blame the Braves. Maybe they shouldn't in a climate where everything is political, but they've done this before and they're willing to throw one for her. It's just, would people show up for that with the Braves? I don't know that they would. When we come back, the culture war and the NFL, oh, it's heating up again. It is 6.08. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News, our second hour. Quick look at the radar, and even the storm down in LaGrange has gone away. I'm turning off the radar app now. The phone number, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Be patient with me, those of you on the phones. Um, I I believe that I got the plague from the Taylor Swift concert. It's probably from writing Marta, truth be told. Uh, I am... Bit, was sick overnight and stayed in bed all day so I could be here. And I got to tell you guys, if y'all want to call in and, and y'all can do the talking, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, my voice is holding out, thank goodness. And I thought I was done with Omarosa, but I'm not. Uh, the The audio we played, it was an ABC News package about the president. And one of the things the reporter got into from the ABC News package was, is it racist, the president calling Omarosa a dog? Is it racist of the president to have called Omarosa dog. Y'all, he's called me a dog. 
<laughs> I know. I'm not kidding. Actually, the, the precise term was I was fired like a dog. Uh, and then I, I ran like he says this about everybody. It's somewhat endearing. Truth be told, the, the New York Times has chronicled a list of all the people who um, the president has called a dog. I mean, let's see. There's there's Steve Bannon. There's Mitt Romney. There's David Gregory. There's me. There's Brent Bozell. There's Glenn Beck. There's Kristen Stewart. There's Jeremiah Wright. Um, let me see. Uh, let's see. Um, Mac Miller, I'm going to teach you a big boy lesson about lawsuits and finance, you ungrateful dog. Watch David Axelrod on O'Reilly Factor and the dog hit me even after I made a big contribution to his charity. Um, Lord Sugar can't get himself arrested, but at least he's making me money. Keep begging Sugar, you dog. I have no idea who he's talking about. Um, Laura Goldman, why is it necessary to comment on Ariana Huffington's looks? Because she's a dog who wrongfully comments on me. Uh, on and on it goes. I mean, to, to say that the president is being racist because the president refers to people as dogs. Yeah, I, I have no idea who Lord Sugar is. I think I'm better off because of it. Um, y'all, seriously. This is, yet again, the media wants to push the the president is a racist nonsense that has been over and over and over applied ad nauseum. If you're on the left, you believe it, and the media by and large is on the left, so the media believes it, and they're running this. It's not, it is not that he said, like like with me, he said, I was fired like a dog, um, which wasn't true, but nonetheless, I got a good laugh out of it, and which was actually even funny because he subsequently sent me a note uh, afterwards saying he was glad we were back on the same team because I wrote something favorable about him after that incident. But nonetheless, all of these things, and suddenly the media's always calling Amorosa a dog. He must be a racist. Pay no attention to the man's record. Mac Miller, David Axelrod, Ariana Huffington, whoever the heck Lord Sugar is, uh, Steve Bannon, Mitt Romney, David Gregory, myself, Brent Bozell, Glenn Beck, uh, Ed Mubarak, uh, Kristen Stewart, Jeremiah Wright, on and on and on it goes, and suddenly he's a racist because of Amor. I mean, these people, they're not even trying. And that, my friends, is why none of this matters. Because people kind of get it. They get that the media and the left are after the president on this stuff. They're going to accuse him of racism until the cows come home. And they're not going to convince anyone because they're hyperventilating and they're screaming. So I, I just I, I got to take issue with with ABC News uh, for pushing a story like that. And I realize it's not really ABC News. It is relevant. People are talking about it today. He called her dog. I've seen liberals say, oh, he, he said like Eric Erickson. I, I was one of the examples today. He said Eric Erickson was fired like a dog, but he didn't call him a dog. He called Amarosa a dog. Well, he did it with other people as well. So deal with it. This all plays into the desperation of the Democrats as we head into the midterms. There is new polling out. The generic ballot is now tied. The Democrats just can't catch a break. They are starting to freak out. And by the way, they may lose Florida, the Senate race in Florida. They may lose that race to Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, friend of mine. Yes. So why might the Democrats lose Florida? This will explain everything to you. The Hispanic vote in Florida. Bill Nelson only has is winning the Hispanic vote, according to multiple polls, by 5%. That's basically in the polling average and the polls. They're all fairly consistent here. 
Mason Dixon, uh, various media polls, uh, other polls. They've all got Nelson winning Hispanic vote by 5%. He's got to do a lot better than that in Florida to be able to win the Senate seat. So, of course, the Democrats are using every opportunity they can to stoke the rage and scream racism. But it's not helping them because of things like, for example, the NFL protests. The NFL protests are, are back in full steam. The uh, Police Benevolence Association or whatnot in Florida has canceled a fundraising event at the Miami Dolphins game because of the players taking the knee. At this point, they're doing it just to spite the president, and I think people get it. Very few people have any idea why they originally started it. And now nobody knows. What they do know is that these people are doing it to spite the president. And people don't like it. It is disrespectful. You got guys like Nate Boyer out there, a wonderful guy, NFL player, uh, joined the, the service after 9-11. He's come back and, you know, he's he is respectful of the players. He understands why they're doing it. He tried to persuade some of them not to protest in that way, explain to them his, his viewpoint, understand their viewpoint. And so he's going out and he's trying to explain to these players, there are other ways to make your point and try to encourage them to do other things. And I think he's right. Listen, uh, is there injustice in the American society? Yes. Is there police brutality in the American society? Yes. Uh, are we all sinners? Yes. Is sin systematic in this country? Oh, of course, it's sin. Uh, sin affects everything. There's this awful story about the Catholic Church today. If we have time, we'll get into it. Um, but there are ways to make that protest that does not make a spectacle of yourself. And it makes a lot of people mad. And those people are headed towards Donald Trump's team because they're really mad at the, the other team overplaying their hand. Or look at the, the mayor of Boston. The mayor of Boston wants to boycott Sam Adams beer. It is the second largest craft beer brewer in the country after my beloved Yingling. And the mayor of Boston wants to boycott an iconic Boston staple, Sam Adams, because the owner of Sam Adams gave money to Donald Trump and said something nice about Donald Trump. So now, all these years later, it's time for a boycott of Sam Adams beer, which I don't like it anyway. I always thought it tasted like grass, no matter which one you get. I'm just, I'm not a fan. Nonetheless, and now, of course, you've got the this guy who, what's his name? Oh, I just had the story up. Um... Ninja, Tyler Ninja Blevins. Tyler Blevins is an online gamer on Twitch. Now, for those of you my age and older, there is this website called Twitch. And believe it or not, your kids or your grandkids, depending on your age, will pay money to watch someone play a video game. I do not understand it. My kid... I guarantee you he's in the kitchen at home watching someone play Minecraft on YouTube right now. And this kid makes a ton of money. He's got 16 million subscribers on YouTube, 10 million subscribers on Twitch, 3 million followers on Twitter. And he was asked, of course, he was asked by a left-wing site why he doesn't stream videos with women. And he said it's just not worth it to face the potential drama and rumors that might occur. If he were to start streaming with, with various girls, there would be all sorts of rumors out there uh, attacking him, attacking her, claiming they were dating, uh, scandalous stuff that wasn't true, and he just doesn't want to deal with it, so he doesn't. And now he's being attacked for sexism. The, the Billy Graham rule here, people say it's the pinch rule. Billy Graham is the one who came up with it. The, the kid gets it. What's so crazy is that suddenly he's the bad guy. The, the media wants to make him the bad guy. The, the left-wing bloggers and non nonsensical people, they want to make him the bad guy 
because he is smart enough to realize that he'll be dragging him and a young lady into scandal or rumor or, or what have you if he were to do this. And so he didn't do it. And so he's being attacked. You can't do the right thing in this country anymore without being attacked. And I think intuitively people understand that with the president. Listen, we've got an, a booming economy. Taxes have been cut. We've got the, the lowest unemployment rate for, for black workers in the country, the lowest unemployment rate for Hispanic workers in the country, the lowest unemployment rate for in, in history. We've got a massively low rate for unemployment. We are virtually at full employment. Things are going very well. The stock market is up. And people are angry on the left because they're not in power. It's all about power. And the way they're manifesting themselves in this is they're going out and they're shaming people. They're attacking people. They're drawing people into scandal and they're doing these ridiculous protests. The Antifa protest, the NFL protest, the whatnot. People look at it and they're like, these people have lost their mind. I don't want to be with them. And they may not like the president, but they're looking at the president and saying, you know what? I don't particularly care for this guy. I think he does some stuff that I don't particularly care for. I think he's got bad character, but by God, he's not these people. These people are nuts. So is it any wonder the Hispanic vote in Florida, that, that Bill Nelson is only five points ahead with it. You know what? The longer a Hispanic family stays in this country, the more they identify as Republican. Now, I know you don't hear that, but it's something that has some Democratic strategists worried. If they were to get their way on immigration, it would actually be a time bomb for them because after the first generation, Hispanic voters more and more identify as white and conservative. And they vote Republican. And they're doing it in Florida and not just the Cuban voters. The the Hispanic voters from other South and Central American countries are looking at what the left is doing. These are some of the most socially conservative people in the country. And they're thinking, dear God, I can't support those people. I can't put those people in power. These socialists, this is what I fled from in Central and South America. So they're voting Republican. And the Democrats don't understand. They can't even see it because they're so blind to what's happening. It's 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here is somebody, and I, I apologize, I can't remember who, reached out to me on Instagram the other day and said, what's the code for Harry's? Well, it's my last name, Erickson. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Harry's Razors is not only an advertiser, I am a customer, and I am a customer of multiple years. They actually, they started doing radio ads a few years ago, and, and they decided not to stick with it, and they've come back into the market now, and their business has exploded over the last couple of years. They're now available at Target, they're available at Walmart, uh, they're really doing well, and I'm excited for this company, because after years of spending so much money on Gillette razor blades, whatnot, which is a perfectly fine company. Uh, I just, I like Harry's. They're the same great blades, but they're a heck of a lot cheaper. Their replacement cartridges are $2 each, half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. And right now for a limited time, Harry's has a special offer for listeners. New customers get $5 off a shave set from Harry's, but you got to use my last name. That was the question in Instagram. Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N at harrys.com. That means you get a starter set that comes with a five blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and travel cover for just three bucks and free shipping when you use my last name, Erickson, at harrys.com as your checkout code. Now, you're going to join millions of guys. I'm one of them who've switched, and you're going to do it by going to harrys.com today. If you don't believe me, go to Walmart or Target, see for yourself, but this deal is too good to pass up. It's just three bucks or five bucks with free shipping. So go to harrys.com today. Use my last name, Erickson, to check out. Um, it, it, I, I don't want to put a listener on the spot. Uh, I, I got a voicemail from a listener in my office, uh, Stacy, 
Uh, Stacy, last name starts with an H. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want people coming after you or whatnot who know you. I've made the mistake before for talking about a friend on the radio and his phone lit up all night long with people text messaging. But Stacy's upset with me. She says she heard me say I didn't think that the Billy Bush tape was real. Uh, I, if I said that, I misspoke. Uh, we know that's real. We've it's been played on TV or whatnot. I'm not sure that the N-word tapes are real. They may be real. I don't know. No, none of us know. The, the, there's rumors of the B tape. There's rumors of that tape. I have no idea. What I do know is that even if they're real, I think it's highly improbable that these tapes would come out because too many people at NBC would lose their jobs. Mark Burnett's career would be over, I suspect. And many of the executives at NBC already under scandal for sexual harassment, the Matt Lauer stuff and all the other stuff coming out, they too would be in trouble. Same with, with if it happened at CBS with all the CBS scandals right now, there are too many people who would be compromised if these tapes were to come out. Now, they may come out, they may be real, but none of us know. The Billy Bush one did come out, it was real, and, and that, you know, if you're going to leak that one, why not leak all the others as well? It seems like that's what you would do if this stuff actually was real, but I, I've got no idea. Uh, we'll wait and see. When we come back, though, Medicare, can you get a doctor if you're in Medicaid or Medicare? It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones. Robert in Ellenwood, welcome. Hey, thanks. Sure. Simple question. Uh, the media is saying uh, Trump's uh, terrorists is hurting the America companies, farmers, and the economy. But they do not talk about um, how... Uh, China's tariffs on U.S. products uh, is hurting their um, economy. Um, do you have any? Uh, am I wrong? Well, a couple of points. One, we don't really know because the Chinese are commies and they're not honest when it comes to the impact on their economy, uh, which leads to number two, and that is that they don't really care. Uh, the Chinese are totally happy to hurt their economy and their people as long as they hurt us. Because they're a dictatorship and we're not. So they think they can beat the president by having uh, him drummed out of office or have Democrats uh, hurled into Congress over tariffs. And it, it impacts the leaders of China, not one whit whether the tariffs hurt their economy or not. But there's another larger issue here as well. Remember, what was the Mao Zedong uh, nuclear plan against the United States if we ever got into a nuclear war? Mao Zedong believed, articulated, and is written largely into Chinese uh, military command structure that they would annihilate the United States with nuclear weapons. And if we reciprocated, well, they're a nation of billions of people, and we're only 300 million people, so they could wipe us out entirely. And if we reciprocated, we would only they would only lose a third of their population. That that is actually what Mao Zedong believed, which is why he didn't care whether or not he started it. We started a nuclear war with them. And they feel that way about their economy as well. They could absolutely starve to death uh, 300 million people, and they would still have roughly a billion people left in their country. They would be totally okay with that. So it, it, it doesn't really scale for us to look at how uh, tariffs are impacting China's economy versus how they're impacting our economy because there's no effect on the Chinese political climate as there is to the American political climate. Uh, farmers in this country can go to the polls and either uh, vote Democrat or they can stay home and let the Democrats have it if they're mad at the president's tariffs. What can the Chinese people do? 
not a single thing. And the Chinese know it, so they don't care. And, of course, that translates into media coverage as well. We don't know if we're getting accurate data. And it doesn't matter anyway because they're okay obliterating their economy so long as they obliterate our economy. Back to the phones. Brad and Loganville, welcome. Welcome, Eric. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, I was just going to – when you had said about Omarosa that you didn't know why she wasn't being prosecuted, did you see the report? Uh, it was, I saw it on Ben Shapiro's site about the uh, Trump was pursuing an arbitration case against her for a multimillion-dollar resolution about her NDA. Yes, and this is not about her time in the White House. This is about her time on the campaign trail. She signed a non-disclosure right, agreement subjecting her to arbitration. Yeah. And but it also the NDA also said that they can't badmouth Trump or his family or companies after the fact. Well, it, there's there's a whole lot of case law that that would be uh, that wouldn't be supportable. Um, there's ton yeah. of case law across the country that you can't bind people to not speak ill of someone after their their time in your in your employment has gone uh, with certain right. with certain exceptions. Uh, but what he can do is and now we don't know because the books only come out today and apparently it's not selling very well. Yeah. Uh, if she wrote anything about what happened on the campaign trail, though, she's in huge trouble. And I think the arbitration claim is legit. Um, she absolutely could have herself in, in all sorts of legal trouble. And, you know, she strikes me as someone who thinks that she's smarter than everyone else. I mean, she thinks it, not that she is, she thinks it. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if she didn't have a lawyer vet all of this stuff and look at her contracts and, and look at the arbitration clauses and the non-disclosure agreements. Wouldn't surprise me at all. She could be in a whole lot of trouble. And again, I, I don't think she's very credible to begin with. If, if you knew this person was using the N-word repeatedly, you knew it was on tape, and then you go out on the campaign trail for him, you work for him, you defend him, you deny that he said these things while you work for him, you say he's not a racist, and now to come out, now that you want to get in good with the Hollywood crowd and say, oh, he's terrible, he's a monster, read my book, I don't buy it. I really don't. Now, we're also going to have a health care fight in November. The Democrats are, are amping this up, that the, the Republicans still want to get rid of Obamacare, which they should. But there was a story that caught my eye in Forbes today on how hard is it to find a doctor when you're on Medicare. And naturally, of course, there's a survey that was done, and it shows that you can find a doctor on Medicare, that in fact, sometimes it's easier to find a doctor on Medicare than if you have private insurance. So why are people complaining? This is an urban legend, they say. I got to tell you, it is not an urban legend when the issue is not can you find a doctor who will take your Medicare, but can you find a good doctor who will take Medicare? And they even note that it is oftentimes more difficult to find a an internist or, or GP to take Medicare than it is to find a specialist. Most specialists will. But y'all, I, I know plenty of doctors in my area. I was a lawyer for a while. I did personal injury because I was a jack-of-all-trades lawyer. There are plenty of doctors out there who will be glad to take your Medicare, and not a, one of them are doctors you would want to go to. Now, there are plenty of really great doctors who will take your Medicare, but it's hard to get in there. And this is such a dis disingenuous, dishonest spin because, again, it's never been about can you find a doctor who will take your Medicare? Yes, there are lots of fly-by-night doctors who will take your Medicare. The question is, do you want to go to that doctor? And the answer there is no, but you would never realize that or even think about it from reading these reports that are being spun out today 
on just what an awful thing the Republicans are doing trying to reform the health care system in this country that Barack Obama and his team screwed up. It's 53 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. We don't have a lot of time left. Um, and I want to just touch on a difficult news subject that is coming out this evening. Um, it, it is the story in uh, that has come out of Pennsylvania. And it is awful. 301 Catholic priests have been identified as predator priests who sexually abuse children while serving in active ministry. There are detailed accounts of over a 1,000 children victimized sexually by predator priests. The grand jury noting it believed the real number of victims was in the thousands. Senior church officials, including bishops, monsignors, and others, knew about the abuse committed by the priests but routinely covered it up to avoid scandal, criminal charges against priests, and monetary damages by the diocese. Priests committed acts of sexual abuse upon children and were routinely shuttled to other parishes while parishioners were left unaware. It's an 884-page grand jury report, and this is just in Pennsylvania. Just in Pennsylvania. And I I see a lot of people who are not Catholic, um, including some in my family, say, well, you know, if if you didn't have the celibate priest thing, you could allow married, it would be going to... No, what, what I think really is the issue here is that you have a group of predators uh, hiring other predators as a free-for-all. Uh but I, the reason I bring this up this late is is I want to say this. I have some very good friends who are Catholic priests. They are very good people, and they do the Lord's work, and they do it through suffering and, and the mess of life. And I've got some very dear friends of mine who are devoutly Catholic, and they are all being put upon by other people who wear the collar and serve a Lord, not the real one. And we should all be in prayer for our friends and and brothers and sisters who are Catholic and dealing with this. Um, There is a vibrant Catholic community in this country of dear people who are timeless, who are just selfless, and they're put upon by secular society that wants to see their hospitals shut down, that wants to see their adoption agencies shut down, that wants to see their foster care agencies shut down because they're not going to adopt into same-sex couples. They're not going to perform abortions. So the world is out to get them. And now they got to deal with all this as well internally. And the leadership of the church seems to be morally bankrupt. Uh, the Pope, I'm not a fan of this Pope, for him to come out the other day and say that uh, that execution as a form of punishment is not biblical, is flat out wrong. It opens a bag of worms that shouldn't be opened. And it is terrible to see my good friends in the Catholic Church have to suffer yet again with another scandal with a church leadership that seems unwilling to do anything. So I would just encourage all of you to be in prayer for the Catholic Church. Now, look, I grew up Southern Baptist and you know, I grew up with folks like, oh, Catholics, they're not going to heaven because they worship Mary and whatnot. I, I am old enough now and have enough Catholic friends and have talked enough about this um, to know that so much of that is nonsense. I have fundamental theological differences with the Catholic Church, but there are many fine Christians we will see in heaven in the Catholic Church, and they are just beaten up right now. 
and this is not going to help. It is sad, sad. And then that that's let's not. I mean, you've got the victimized children there as well, who need our prayers. There are a lot of people who need prayer tonight, uh, in and outside. That is a terrible scandal, folks. Um, we'll be hearing more about it over the coming days, but. I'm sure we'll hear way more about Omarosa than this. Uh, I'm going back to bed. You guys have a great night, and I'll see you all maybe tomorrow.